Hey everyone, it is Sarah and I'm back <laughs> and I'm going to be super honest. Um, I don't necessarily know if it was this episode in particular that was like triggering or whatnot. I, I'm not super eager to use that as a reason because I'm not confident in it. I just think there maybe were a there was a mixture of circumstances that in my life just made it hard for me to release an episode last week and um definitely contributing factors could possibly include the fact that this episode that i'm covering part two of uh kelsey on intervention um is like super upsetting and not only does it remind me of people that i know slash work with i mean know and work with sorry some people that I know and some people that I work with. There we go. Uh, not only because of that, but I'm really understanding now as I listened back to my first episode and as I watched this episode many, many times, uh, you know, there's a lot that I relate to as well. Obviously the, the eating disorder, but also the trauma. You know, I don't have the addiction side of it in terms of like drugs and alcohol, but I do have many, you know, not, healthy coping mechanisms that I've learned to not use or that I'm still working on, you know, but just like the emotional response of it all, the dial, the, the, the urge to cover up, like I, I relate to that all too. So it probably is somewhat of a mixture of being triggered and all that, but I'm not going to overuse that term because that might be triggering itself. Just kidding. I don't know. I just don't want to repeat myself. So anyway, as we get into Kelsey, um, we're getting back in to what's going on with her. So the first thing that happens um, after what we left off in in episode one of this podcast is Kelsey's morning routine. So we had previously seen Kelsey um, Kelsey's uh, dependence on her mother, especially at nighttime, because of her trauma and her uh, immaturity and her fears. You know, she really, despite the fact that her mom is also who she takes her anger out on, spoiler alert, that's actually really common, unfortunately, with people who are struggling with certain things, developmental delays or anger problems, etc., personality disorders, attachment disorders, they might really, really need you and then really, really hurt you and then really, really need you. Um, but basically what is happening here is um, Kelsey really, really needs her mom. And despite the fact that she's hurt her so many times, mom is still nurturing her and spending the night holding her hand. And I'm not saying that's not a judgment. I'm just saying that's what's going on right now. Um, so after the, after that, after those scenes that we've already seen, um, Kelsey wakes up and her sister, uh, Charlie 
goes into the room and he's like, hey, maybe you should like get up. And I'm assuming it's not super early, right? I'm assuming it's probably closer to noon. Everybody's fully dressed. Um, Charlie is basically just saying, Kelsey, you should get up. Um, we learn that Kelsey, I'm sorry, that Charlie and her uh, fiance are staying there right now, um, but they don't normally live there. But Charlie is Kelsey's older sister and she is living at the home right now with everybody else, along with her daughter and her fiance. Her daughter's name is Emma. Um, so Kelsey kind of just gives us an explanation of how she feels when she wakes up every day, we see her battle with Charlie and, and Kelsey saying, just let me rest. I'm in so much pain. I just took a shot. I'm waiting for it to absorb into my body. I don't know if that was bullshit or not, but I mean, I'm, I believe she took a shot, but I don't know if that was actually helping or not um, because I'm not inside of her body. I have no idea. Um, but I do believe she needs alcohol at this point. Her body is physically addicted. Obviously she doesn't need it to be successful. She needs to detox and get better. But right now, if she doesn't have it, she's in danger because that's alcohol is extremely, extremely dangerous to withdraw from when, when you're at that, when you're at the level of alcoholism where your body is dependent on it, where she is actually quite past, um, according to the numbers that we get at the end of the episode, but I won't spoil that right away. <laughs> um, so yikes. Yeah. We see she has to take she has to drink, um, you know, as soon as she wakes up, according to Nathan, who is Charlie's, uh, Charlie's fiance. Yes. Um, who's there with his wife and his daughter. And, um, Kelsey explains, you know, when I wake up, I feel like death, uh, and I have to do whatever I can to feel better. And I mean, that is symptomatic of someone's whose body is dependent on alcohol. And, what we've learned of Kelsey is that she was addicted to meth as well, but for the time being, she's not using it. Um, so now it's simply the alcohol, which is not safe by any means. It's not even like quote unquote better. Honestly, alcoholism kills more people than other, most other addictions. Don't quote me. I'm just, I'm, I'm confident that alcoholism is just as dangerous because it just is, is extremely destructive and alcohol is legal. Anyway, um, not that I don't drink it. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So anyway, um, the next scene, Kelsey, you know, comes downstairs after her morning from hell where she's trying to just get it together with a couple shots. And she doesn't seem drunk, but... I understand that like she, she is technically drunk. She has to be drunk to be functional at this point, but her tolerance is extremely high. So she, she doesn't come off like sober. It's just that she's not out of control at this point. So she comes downstairs um, and, sh and her, her little niece, Emma, who I think is about three is like, Kelsey come play. And Kelsey goes to play with her and, you know, Right away, right away, Kelsey's face changes, and you can see that uh, I wrote that Kelsey seeks solace and safety in Emma. Um, it's kind of like Emma's a version of herself when she was young and innocent and happy, you know, before she was traumatized, before she was addicted, before everything. And I totally relate to that. Not that I see myself in other children, so to speak, but I understand that that grief of I didn't get to be a kid 
long enough, you know, like, and, and, and I didn't get to turn into an adult when I wanted to, you know, it was all taken away from me because someone victimized me. So I'm not saying it justifies anything. I'm just saying, I understand that. And I can see why, um, you know, I'm sure she loves children out, outside of that too. But I, I think, especially with this little girl, Emma, I think she really is like Emma's hope. Emma is, you know, the me that I didn't get to be. And, uh, so she is playing with her and then Charlie, you know, looks very annoyed. She's rolling her eyes. She comes around and she comes over to Kelsey and she's like, I don't want you playing with my daughter. And Kelsey's like, what? And she's like, you're drunk. And Kelsey goes, no, I'm not drunk. And she's like, no, you're breathing on her and I can smell your breath. Right. And it's like, if she doesn't want her daughter around someone whose breath smells like alcohol, that's her, that's her call. Right. And Kelsey isn't actually, is not really so much rebelling against Charlie. Um, I mean, they do get into it and Charlie is basically saying like, I can't depend on you anymore. And that's really sad. But when it gets super upsetting and like violent, I guess, or potentially violent, um, is when her, is Kelsey's dad not meaning to, but just so frustrated comes over and starts really provoking the situation because Kelsey is, you know, spouting off to Charlie, like, you don't get it. You don't get what it's like to be me. You don't know how hard it is. Um, you know, I've been beaten up and this and this and this and this. And dad comes in and is like, Kelsey, you know what? You're 25 and you don't need this and da, 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 da. And she gets upset. She's cause he's suddenly in her face and she says, well, I want to punch you. She's not really aggressive when she says this, but just given her history, Charlie is like, okay, we're leaving. And she just takes Emma. And I have to say, Charlie was really good at being like neutral about it. She's just like, okay, we're leaving. Bye. Um, and that's a good way to have boundaries. And it's also a good, it's actually a good way to not feed into someone else's behavior. Like it's super hard to be neutral, but think about it anything someone does to get a reaction out of you, if you're neutral, they get nothing. Like you're, you're not reinforcing them, you know, and, and that's what you have to do to protect yourself and to get out of it. Really, you have to play neutral. So it's sad, but it's clear that Charlie has learned to do this, even though Charlie is the older sister, I believe. Um, and the dad, whose name is Guy, he goes in, he apologizes to Charlie, and I'm going to play this clip in a second. And then he goes in and provokes Kelsey more. And look, I want to say I understand his motives. I understand why he's upset. I get all of it. It's just what he's doing. He's poking the beast. He's, he's, he's provoking chaos. He's not going to get anything out of this except more chaos and violence. So it's unfortunate that he doesn't seem to understand that, that if he left it alone, if he left her alone, you know, this wouldn't, and I don't mean to do her own thing. I mean, not enable her. Um, it would be a lot better. And if he was, if he were dead set on enabling her, like, is still doing no good to have these fights. Like you're just, you are saying one thing and doing the other. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. 
it's very, it's, it's incredibly dysfunctional. And I know that's not his intent. Um, anyways, I've gotten, I've gotten away from myself. <laughs> so I just want to say, yeah, this clip is going to be of what I just mentioned. Um, Kelsey's sister, Charlie leaving with Emma and then their dad, uh, trying to deal with Kelsey the best way he knows how. I just want to mention that what you're hearing when you hear, um, Kelsey yell at him to give her drink her bottle back. Um, she, and he doesn't, she doesn't leave. She goes to the refrigerator and pulls out of another very accessible liquor bottle. Guys, I'm no liquor expert. It's in the fridge. I feel like it's rum, but then I think it might be whiskey because the shape, the shapes of her bottles change. So I'm very confused. The color makes me think whiskey. I don't know. Do you refrigerate whis whiskey? You guys let me know, okay? And if you watch the episode, please, by all means, correct me. I, I just don't know. It's either rum or whiskey. Um, but it's just like, it's just the height of irony that he's yelling at her saying, you're done, you're done, you're done. And then she can go to the fridge right behind him and there's the whiskey slash and or rum. I, I don't know. That they bought for her. That they bought for her. So... Yeah, that's what enabling is, but like to an extreme degree, like, wow. Bye, Kels. You're going to control yourself. I'm trying! When she has her blow-ups, I try to get out of the room or we have to leave because that can affect Emma emotionally later. Every time. Mm -hmm. I'm just gonna start freaking screaming. No, and What's that? No, I know. I don't want her to get that bad language. I'm we're sorry. Just, we're just going to the park. Sorry, okay. Please hurry back. Bye. Bye. Oh, God. Same old, same old. That's it for this. No more of this stuff. You, know, you don't need no more of this. No, you don't need no more. That stops. Then Sit stop down. pissing me off. No, just leave it. You don't need it. You don't need it. Don't touch me. We're not gonna get into this, Kelsey. Don't touch me or I'll punch you out. Oh, God. See, what are, we so, what are we supposed to do? This is not living, Kelsey. Your niece, they left. I know! You pissed me off so bad that I freaked out. No, because you're gonna Shut the up! Do you want me to start injecting meth again? You don't understand anything. You get me so angry. Because you don't know what I'm doing. And you don't know what I'm going through. I know my daughter's inside there. I am inside here. You don't know what the f I'm going through, what I see at night. I know you, uh, you've been- Why I shower all the time. You've gone through unspeakable things. It makes me sick. My daughter is hurt like that. What am I supposed to do? Maybe acknowledge the fact that I get nightmares of it all the time and that's why I shower all the time. We had the police. Because I feel dirty. There. The doctors were there. They were all going to help you. We were going to pursue this and lay charges, but you wanted the dropped. You pushed everybody away like you always push everybody away. They want to help you. And that guy got away with it. He's probably done it to somebody else. Get away from me. Get away from me. How many times was the Say it! I don't want to hear your stupid voice. You gotta stop. Shut the up! Stop talking to me! Get off. Stop talking to me! Stop! Just shut up for 10, 10 minutes! Get out of my sight. 10 minutes. Get out of my sight. Good. She's plastered, drunk, 
very rude, but it's an illness. And we can't lose hope, we can't give up. She's our daughter. Oh, Guy. Your name is Guy. Um, so Guy obviously loves his daughter, but as I mentioned, he's really unintentionally provoking her, inciting her behaviors, reinforcing them by giving them attention and credence, and also responding like the way she wants when she screams at him. He, she wants escape, he grants escape and acts like it's a punishment. So he really doesn't understand what's going on, and that's unfortunate. I, I'm not blaming him. But also he's blaming the victim. And okay, I see the bigger issue. I understand that Kelsey is using a lot of excuses, even if she is a trauma victim. She is making a lot of really bad choices. And you own your choices, right? especially as someone who's been a victim, you want to, you want to own your choices. You want to make your own decisions. You want to be independent, not, not a, not a subject to anybody else's decision or control. So it's problematic, you know, that Kelsey has made a lot of bad decisions. Um, but it doesn't make it okay for her dad to yell at her for being afraid to press charges against someone who raped her when she was 14. That is not her fault. And he needs to respect her decision. Just because she's in pain now does not mean it's her fault. She's in pain because she was raped, you asshole. She's not in pain because she didn't press charges. That's fucked up to say. I understand, I guess, like, that's not what he means. I don't even want to say I understand, but like, that's just, it's wrong. Okay. It's wrong because she didn't ask to be raped. So you can never, ever, ever blame that on her. I don't care how misogynistic you are. Go fuck yourself. Seriously. Anyway, I also feel bad for dad because I wrote his face is as open and vulnerable as a scared child and it's heart shattering. And this is true. He's very terrified for and by his daughter. Anyway, um, she screams, screams, screams. It grants her escape. Um, I already said the rest of the things that I wrote down about that. And then the next thing we see, Kelsey is going out in the rain, uh, spending an entire night, according to the captions, to find her ex who who recently hospitalized her. Um, according to her, uh, she wants to find him so she can fuck him up. And then she says to somebody that she's like yelling all over town. We don't know his name. It's C something something. It's like starts with a C, but it's bleeped out. But in the subtitles, it's C star 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 star. star. So it's like Chris or Cole or something like that. And um, she's going around town just like, like whatever his name is like everywhere and just like everyone knows who she knows who she is but their names are all like warbled because they're uh, distorted because they don't have the rights or whatever and um so you just hear like he's not here or like he moved or you know like i don't know until finally she gets somewhere and then they're like he's right over here and then um but before i'm oh, sorry before that though she is with somebody, one of those people that's like, he's not here. And, um, she goes, well, fine. Give me a hoot of meth. And so she asked, you know, to get high 
and does. And she says, I want to get pumped up to, to fucking beat up bleep, whatever his name is. Um, and then the next clip of I have is of her. She doesn't beat anybody up, but she does confront this like clearly major disgusting loser. They're all faces are all blurred out, but like he's a meth head who's in and out of jail and he's beats women. So like he's a loser and he's certainly not denying any of that. Um, but it's really uncomfortable to watch and listen to. So, you know, here you go. Enjoy it. You have a lot of nerve. You put me in the hospital, you jerk. I had a seizure for my concussion from throwing me around on the train tracks. Yeah. Take a beating. Take a punch for what you did to me. You know what? You're stealing my money. I wasn't stealing your money. I was making all the money. You were doing all the dope. Well, come over here and say, yo, remember too, like, yo, I wasn't doing all the dope because you know what? I'm going to break your jaw. Yeah? Try it. Everybody see. Oh, shut the up. Okay. Or I'm gonna break your jaw. Or I'm gonna get somebody else to do it. I just screamed at him and humiliated him. He's a good scrapper. I'm scared of him, so he's gonna be dealt with. When she's at home, it's hell. She decides to leave the house. Honestly, we feel a little bit of relief because we don't have the tension in the house. You all right? Yeah. Where were you? Streets. This brings another worry. Is she gonna get arrested? Who's she gonna mix up with? You see or whatever? Yeah, I saw him again. I yelled out the window, get Sorry for swearing, Grandma. I am going to wash your mouth up with soap before I leave here. I'm telling you that much. But he should. He looks like hell. He has sores all over his face now. That's from meth. You had them all over your face, too. Yeah. That's where all these zits are coming from. Did you use? No. You didn't? No, I didn't. I promise. Don't believe a word that comes out of an addict's mouth. Right. Because I used to. I don't anymore. Well, I've been telling the truth. Maybe you are, maybe you are. I don't know. I have been. I haven't used, I didn't use at all. I didn't use. Doesn't matter. Well, that's just plain rude because no, addicts are people. Yes, they are people, but they're not Well, then start respecting them as people. When they earn their respect, they get respect. So, very clearly, Kelsey, in my opinion, and if you watch this actual episode, that guy was not humiliated. Um, if anything, I think he further humiliated her because he was like, who, what are you going to do about it? You know, just, who cares that I almost killed you? You know, and she didn't hit him. And he just looked at the cameras and was like, I know you're there, you know, but he's blurred out and and uh, his voice is distorted, of course. Um, but I just wrote, he was not humiliated and she most definitely did use um unlike we saw her take a hoot because she needed that as she said she needed that confidence to um take him down uh and naturally grandma and 
mom and dad and sister can all see that she is very much high um, and angry. And I'm sure that's where this outburst is coming from. So it turns into a really big family brawl, honestly. Um, and the grandma who seemed like she was sort of passive is not, and she comes for her and she has every right. So I just want to say like, Kelsey's reality, if this is basically this blow up is about Kelsey's reality versus the truth, like what Kelsey believes and feels. Her reality is always about that rape, right? And always about them not being there for her. And that's why in her mind, that's why this is all happening. And this is her way of blaming them and not taking responsibility herself for her behavior. I'm not saying for the rape, that obviously was not her fault. Uh, but she's really just saying a lot of cruel stuff to her family who, yes, they're enabling her and that's really bad, but they, they are trying very hard to help her in their own way and she's just being awful. And she even says at a point that she knows she's being awful, but um, basically they're saying, you know, you are using, you're using and using and using and that's, you know, you won't stop. That's why you're a drug addict. And then she says, that's, she screams, that's because I can't cope with life. And it's like, oh man, I know that feeling, you know? And the, his dad, her dad is starts out with like, well, you're 25. And then I'm going to play the clip that comes right after that. Huh. And now you're starting to step up. No. Because 25. you let me back in the house. Now we're starting to step up. And you hold my hand at night when I get nightmares. Your parents have been holding your hand and taking care of you for the last 12 to 15 years and you've been on drugs. No. And don't you tell me different because I know I have once my daughter deteriorate because of you. No, smart enough. I still love you, Kelsey. But you're pushing me to the limit. That is my daughter. And I am not letting you abuse her anymore. I've had it. I should have slugged you at my house. Then maybe this all this would have been finished. I'd probably clock you back. Well, you clock oh, me back. Oh, you oh, hit me back and I'd have had you in jail so fast your head would have It's my anger retaliation because oh, I've been hurt so bad. You've anger retaliation up your ass. You've had for years. Now just stop it. Put one hand on me, Kelsey, because I'll throw you in jail so fast you won't know what the hell hit you. You're pushing me to the limit. You're pushing me to the limit. Get away from me. I'm not touching you. You're not worth my Just get away from me and don't talk to me. I watched my daughter get old because of her. You don't talk to your grandmother that way. She doesn't talk to me that way. I'm her granddaughter. No, you talk to everybody that way. I have no sympathy for Kelsey anymore. I still love her, but by God, I don't like her. And that's bad for a grandmother to say to about a granddaughter. Kelsey, I suggest you go upstairs and go to bed. I suggest you shut the f up before I pound your f face in. I don't want her dead, but that's going to happen. If she does not go and get cleaned up, she is going to be dead. So clearly that was a shit show. Um, I just want to say for those who didn't watch or aren't watching or don't watch, it's totally fine. Um, Grandma Luella is basically penning Kelsey in with her body. She's sort of like um, hurting her, like intimidatingly so. Not touching her at all, but just like hurting her out of the room. Like I had it with you. And Kelsey is like trying to remain like confident but she's clearly like whoa my grandma's like coming at me 
despite what she says. So you see it, there's a, there's a big blow up and a big reaction there. Um, so Kelsey goes upstairs um, with a full bottle of, guys, I don't know if she drinks whiskey or rum. I don't generally see people put whiskey in the fridge, but maybe she does. Cause later she has a different bottle that's smaller and it definitely doesn't look like rum. It looks like whiskey, but I'm not an expert. So if you, if you know, shout it out, let me know. Is she, is she a, is she a whiskey gal, rum gal? What's happening? Anyway, um, it's brown liquor. It's very dark brown liquor. Um, and she's pounding it. She's got wet hair. So it looks like she's managed to shower and is now getting ready for bed. I don't, I don't know how much time has passed, but everybody's still downstairs. Uh, her face is so puffy. It's like hard to look at like bulimia plus bloating from alcohol abuse plus, uh, you know, like her liver probably not functioning plus crying. It, it's all like, and meth, like her face is so distorted. It's really, really sad. And I'm, that's not a judgment, like, oh, she looks so bad. Like, it's just, you can see how sick she is from her face. And as she said earlier, you know, she, when she used meth a lot, she had all those meth spots, um, but she doesn't now. She says she just has zits where they used to be. So from here we go to um, the pre-intervention. And there, the family's all in, in the intervention with, oh man, of course I forgot the guy's name. I think it's Michael is the interventionist. Um, and they, they go to meet with him. He's one of the Canadian, sorry, Andrew, Andrew Galloway. Sorry, I had to look it up. Um, Andrew is the interventionist. I enjoy Andrew a lot. I think he's great. He has a good touch with families and, and um, I almost said victims, but I, whatever, uh, addicts. And He's basically, he's coming at it in a calm manner, but he's very matter of fact, you know, about what's been going on and about how dangerously she's being enabled. So I'm not going to play the whole thing. There's just a little moment. It's like not even a minute that I want to play that I just, I like this clip. Um, and so we'll do that. And then I'm going to continue talking about the pre-intervention. being a three, four, five-year-old, what was she like back then? She was funny. She had a great sense of humor. We had a normal life. We did soccer up until the time. High school. This all started. Yeah. Where did the things start to, to go wrong in Kelsey's life? 14 or 15, she was raped. She started experimenting with drugs. But then she used food as a drug. She used to have an eating disorder? She is bulimic. Yeah. Yeah. But I even remember when she was first bulimic, you know, people were saying like, oh, you look really good right now. And I think she was kind of feeding into that, you know, like she liked that attention and it was positive attention. I didn't know she had a problem. We, we tried family counseling, we tried different things. Her emotional intelligence is gonna be very low because yeah. she started drinking and drugging at a very young age yeah. and that quashes our growth. It's, it's hard. And there's a lot of times I just want her out of the house. So I'm happier when she's on the street, doesn't uh, sorry, that went on longer than I intended it to, um, but I couldn't get it to pause for some reason. So I just wanted to play that clip because, first of all, I think it's wild how little they acknowledge the bulimia in this episode, because that will just exacerbate and speed up, especially if you're just drinking alcohol. Um, you could die. You could have a heart attack like at any moment. 
I don't think people really understand how dangerous bulimia is, but having had it, I can tell you it is extremely dangerous because you can um, really, there's a lot of things you can rupture, but also your electrolytes are so out, out of whack, especially if you're drinking alcohol, um, that you can easily pass out and just never regain consciousness again, just go brain dead um, or have a heart attack. So the other part, the other reason I played it is it's such a classic trope. I've heard it in every, almost every eating disorder episode. And just in my own life, it's just so true. In this culture, when you first start having an eating disorder, if it's one that makes you thinner and pe people may or may not know you have a disorder, but they like what they see and they say, wow, you lost this many pounds. You look great now. You should never change. You know, it's like, and that's immediately what you think. Oh, really? Okay, I have to be thin then. I can, I can never be bigger than this. In fact, I should get smaller. And that's where you get sick in the head. I'm not saying it's because of other people. I'm just saying it's a very powerful reinforcer for something insidious. So if you have a friend that like suddenly loses weight and you're not really sure how, and you're like, I don't know if it's in a healthy way, just do, you don't have to confront them, but don't compliment them. All right. Don't be like, wow, you look great. You know, at the very least, just don't say anything because you might be encouraging something really, really unhealthy, you know, try to be intuitive about that. Okay. So dad admits to being relieved when she's gone and uh, Andrew is like, that's makes a lot of sense. That's the attitude that comes with this. That's more healthy to have. You should, you shouldn't want to deal with her because dealing with her means enabling her, you know, and, and also your, your, your feelings are valid. And they talk about how it's hurting their marriage. And obviously because they disagree, dad really doesn't want to enable, but mom keeps letting her back in the house. And I believe mom's the one that buys the alcohol. I'm not entirely sure. They tell Andrew that they buy her alcohol and he's just like, what the fuck? Like, really? Like, why would she ever get better? Which is so true. Like, I know they're doing the best they can, but this is, again, it's a really common cycle. Um, and it's not because they're lazy. I mean, honestly, their lives are hell and they're just trying to get a break. And that Andrew is like, you know, I get it to a certain degree. You want to buy yourself some peace. But it's kind of like bribing a kid with candy, you know, like it's not for their best interest, it's for yours. So don't do that. <laughs> um, anyway, they talk about the codependency stuff more. And then we're going to we get into the intervention. Um, it's not as dramatic as I'd have thought it would be. So I'm not even going to play it. Um, not a whole lot needs to, oh, I'm sorry, that's a lie. I was going to play, I am going to play just when mom and dad read their letters because it's pretty compelling. But before that happens, um, the family is just really freaked out. They're like, she's never going to go. She's never going to go. And then the dad's saying that and the mom's, the sister, like, you don't know that yet. Just calm down. Um, Kelsey, when she does walk in, she does freak out, but she doesn't run. She just says, I need a smoke. So she goes outside and Andrew calmly, neutrally goes, okay, I'll come with you. No problem. I get your smokes, you know, like, yeah, you, that's something you can control. I'll give you that. Like he's giving her some control, which is what somebody being confronted for an intervention is going to want <laughs> some sort of control. So she has her smoke, just a cigarette, of course, and sits with Andrew and he talk, he kind of primes her the way that they always do. You know, the people are in there that love you and you just have to listen. And then you do you, it's up to you. No one's forcing you, et cetera, et cetera. So she does, she goes in 
And she's, when she goes in, she kind of crumples and she sits with her dad and she's back to being like baby Kelsey, like little girl Kelsey, you know, she was, she's reverting back to herself, her hurt young self, which is, I can tell you it, it's, it's, it's real. So the next clip is going to be of mom and dad reading their respective letters. Kelsey, I love you more than life itself. Your alcohol and drug addiction has destroyed you and us. I don't sleep. I push my friends and family away. I have no feelings left and no more tears to shed. I cannot allow you to verbally, mentally, and physically abuse me anymore. If you don't accept this help now, there will be no more saving you on the streets and there will be no more home for you to come back to. I love you, Kelsey. I want you to live and I want you to be part of my life. Please, Kelsey. Kelsey, I'm here today because I love you so much, my sweet. I am emotionally drained, terrified. I don't sleep. I don't feel anything anymore. The endless worry for so many years. Where are you? Calls from the police. The guys, the men taking advantage of my baby girl. I'm so sick and I was helpless to help you. Kelsey, please, please accept help and rebuild your life. I will be waiting for you. And obviously that was very powerful, especially with that music, right? So, spoiler alert, Kelsey says, uh, you know, Andrew tells her, we want to take you to this place called uh, I Recover. And they apparently have their own plane, as we see later. And Kelsey says, I'm going to finish the rest of the booze in my purse. And Andrew just says, deal. And so she says, okay. And she gets in there and she says, yes, she goes to rehab. She, they fl I, I Recover flies them out. I don't know if it's because it's Canada, guys. It just seemed crazy that the plane was like, I recover um, with a little eyes, like internet. I don't know. Um, and then they get there and we see her do, do a, bre a breathalyzer. I can talk, I swear. And it's like 0.38 or something like that. And he said, you know, most people by 0.3 would, which means your blood is 30% alcohol. You, right? No, 0.3%. Never mind. I, I don't know. It's something. Th guys, help me with math. But it's a lot. Um, like if the if 0.08 is like eight, that's what the legal you can still drive. After eight, you can't drive. But she's already at 38 is basically what we're saying. So it's crazy that she has the tolerance that, that she's not in a coma. And it's going to be a dangerous recovery because alcohol, the withdrawal of alcohol can kill you really I don't want to say easily, but it happens a lot. Okay. So after this, obviously she, not obviously, but after this, we always see, okay, how'd they do? Um, Kelsey maintained, she stayed at I Recover for 120 days and she was able to have her family visit. She even started doing teaching people that were new to the program when she was around her 90 days. And I'm going to play that clip. Um, Kelsey looks like an entirely different person. She sounds like a different person. She behaves like a different, like it's, it's pretty wild to see who she is when she's sober. So I really want to 
uh, you guys to hear that. Hot mess. 90 days ago. Now I'm clean and sober and thinking clearly, and I'm so much happier. Kelsey came in very entitled, very angry at the world. Her physical health was deteriorating big time. And the girl's been through a lot. She has. The street life is definitely a hard one to get away from, but I was blessed with this opportunity. Kelsey has had numerous challenges that she's had to face since she's been here. She's had to deal with an eating disorder. She's had to deal with post-traumatic stress disorder. And she was very much ingrained in the street subculture, but she's a much healthier girl than she was when she first got here, for sure. Yeah. I understand that the trauma that I've been through, it's not my fault. I put all the blame on me. So we're gonna break down the step. Kelsey has done an additional four module program where she's actually been presenting uh, the program that she did in her first four weeks. Okay, so step 10 is continue to take personal inventory when we're wrong. I love facilitating. Helping another addict get better, the feeling is just incredible. And it's my 90 days today. All right, you guys, there's no fun way to say this. Um, after Kelsey completed 120 days at the facility, she moved home and relapsed. And she now lives with her parents again and is using. So the extent to that, I don't know. They didn't tell us what drugs. Um, it's common that this happens. I hope, I hope we get to hear soon, you know, that she made her way back. I hope that as this series goes on and they update the episodes I can go back and see like but then you know the next year she went back to recovery and was able to do the eating disorder recovery as well because she did not get to complete that because she had relapsed so they she was no longer eligible for that second program which is incredibly important yeah you know you can fix everything else but the eating disorder is its own beast believe me so that's really disheartening to see at the end, especially of this episode that is just so, my God, like just so much. And it's just, it weighs heavy in my heart. So thanks everybody for being patient. Um, I love you all. I am working with my new therapist. I'm doing well. Um, the next episode that you'll hear next week will be Justine and me covering My Strange Addiction. So it'll be a little lighter. It's not... Um, no drugs. <laughs> no drugs are involved. Uh, and it's a good episode. It's actually my, one of, I think my favorite episode. It's the episode where there's a girl trying to be a long neck woman, like, you know, extending her neck with metal rings and another woman who um, consumes air freshener. So that's on for next week. Please keep listening and please, please, please check out and join our Patreon. I am dropping like within the next two weeks, at least five bonus episodes of After Hours and other bonus content for you. I'm also working on an outtakes reel, which I think is going to be real funny. So go to patreon.com slash A-W-D-W-L and please consider supporting. Um, you get bonus, you get access to everything at just the $5 level, all the bonus material. I also want to let you know that on my other podcast with Justine, Coast to Coast Cocktails, is launching its Patreon tomorrow. That's um, actually today for all of you. It'll be on the same day. So we've launched our Patreon. Um, it's going to be so exciting. So now every Coast to Coast Cocktails episode 
you that airs, you will have early access to that. So you'll have, when I release part one of Young Adult today, you, if you join the Patreon at patreon.com slash coast to coast cocktails, you will get part two immediately. So you'll never have to wait for a part two again if you join the Patreon at the $3 level. And that's just three bucks a month and you get extra, you get, I'm sorry, you get early access. If you want to join at six bucks, you get all the extra contact content, sorry, including content from Matilda, including a new show that she and I are working on at the $6 level. And if you want to be a baller and get like the, you know, the AMAs that we're going to do monthly, you can sign up at the $9 level and you'll also get free merch. So please go check that out at least to just give it a look because it's pretty and I worked on it. <laughs> um, it's again, w or you don't need the W's, patreon.com slash coast to coast cocktails. Real excited about it. And our first exclusive episode will be Matilda and I covering the movie Heathers, as well as talking a lot about the, the contrast to that, to the musical Heathers. So I'm really excited about that. We're going to be producing that next week and that will be dropped very soon on the Patreon. Meanwhile, if you go in and you check it out, you'll see that there's a uh, access to all the backlog of our after hours that will all be on there as well as the new um new after hours so if you're not a patron of my show or justine's and you've been thinking about it feel free to hop on over to coast to coast and be a patron there because you will get all of our bonus content on that on that channel and at just the six dollar level so um check it out please we love you so much and the support has been awesome and i love my patrons and please don't go anywhere because i'm not abandoning this i am all in on this show but we want to start pumping up coast to coast as well so if you made it to the end of this thank you for listening to me i love you all i will see y'all next week bye bye bye
you say no. Oh.